This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Beep, beep, beep. That's a, that's a horn sound. We are on, we are driving the bus. The bus has two driver's wheels on it. Yeah. Rachel and I are sharing. Okay. You all are on the bus. You, it's free. The bus is free. Okay. A lot of buses, they do tokens. They do swipey cards, Apple Pay. Not on this bus. It's free. You hop on. You can ride it as long as you want. But after usually about 35 to 40 minutes, it does come to a dead stop for a week. And don't let the pigeon drive the bus. Do not. Oh, my God. This Can we talk about this? Is this wonderful show. We talk about things we like, things we're into. Can we talk about this pigeon, though? This pigeon is very convincing. It's very. Listen, if I weren't a, a dad. A da- yeah, a daddy. Yeah, <laughs> and this pigeon tried to put his game on me. Yeah, do we sound like completely out of our gourds for people who don't know? Oh, about for sure. I can't imagine that people Mo, Mo Willems body know of work. Mo Willems if they don't have children. But maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe it's children are the name Mo Williams. He has a book about these uh, this pigeon. Willem, Willems. Mo Willems. That's what I said. I just stumbled through it really fast because <laughs> I was trying to sound like a cool guy. Mo <laughs> Willems writes about this pigeon and the pigeon. Either does want to do something he shouldn't do, yeah. or doesn't want to do something he should do. Exactly. What a great summation. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> One time he finds a hot dog, and a little duck tries to get it from him. It's 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 heartbreaking stuff. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Although I do appreciate Mo Willems' whole body of work. It's just <laughs> a delight. Uh-huh. Nuffle Bunny, fucking forget about it. Nuffle Bunny oh, fucks me up beautiful. every time I read it. But this is wonderful. Shall we talk about things? Why are we both driving the bus? How did that come to you? I couldn't. Well, okay, which one of us? If it was going to be one of us, right? I don't want to. Well, I'm just wondering how the bus even got brought into the equation. I think I was thinking about our show as a journey. (laughs) Now, that's reality television talk you're doing right now. I noticed last (laughs) week there was some talk among the, the wonderheads out there. Ooh, I like that. About the sort of delirious state oh. that we, but mostly I, was mostly approaching you. the episode with. And I would like to publicly announce that our fortunes have not reversed. <laughs> no. They have, if anything, gotten much worse. Uh, sleep is a... Sleep is an unobtainable, precious, uh, golden dew that <laughs> the taste of which I have forgotten. Um, I have entered into a sort of circadian cycle now that I, I, I didn't know was sustainable. Let me offer you a perspective that I have okay. that helps tremendously. I can't wait. I need anything. So middle of the night, I feel like everything is terrible. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm terrified and panicked, and I feel like there is some huge problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And then I wake up, and I'm so relieved the that the night is over. Sun will come out <laughs> tomorrow. That I'm like, oh, I don't have to deal with that. It's daytime now. Yeah, I just have to deal with the extreme <laughs> mental, physical, emotional exhaustion from the psychic wounds this this like two foot tall <laughs> or, organism can can do to me a big strong man. He's he's so little. He's so little, and but the but the wounds, the psychic wounds he inflicts upon me are out are are they so far outscale him. What is what is making it? I think uniquely troublesome is that. 
Henry was also a poor sleeper. But at this age, he had started to become very consistent. You know, he was still waking up, but it was about the same time for the same duration Love every that. night. Love that. So it was that like- That became daddy's anime time. <laughs> you would wake up and I would be like, I have nothing to do for the next hour. I'm going to, I've already well, watched- it wouldn't even take an hour. I'm talking about at this age. At this age, okay. At this age, it was like 10 minutes. And then he was like, oh, okay, maybe I should sleep. Yeah, God, that was so fucking choice. Gus is, he's a rowdy boy. And I know in the future, our boys are going to listen to our show. And <laughs> Gus is going to feel really self-conscious. And I just want to say, buddy, good. Like, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, I mean, that's dad's parenting. This too shall pass. Do you have any small wonders? Oh, man. I appreciate that you always allow me to go first. Well, you need to, you know what it is? You're not fast enough. I know. No, 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 no. With asking me for the small one. Yeah, that's true. I I, I feel like it is a courtesy that you afford me, and and I like that. Yeah. Um, Okay, I've got one. Okay. Just in that stalling that I just did. Uh, When you are taking um, like a ride share or a taxi, and the driver tells you that they have lived in the city you are in for a very Love long time that and then shit. start giving you like a little history and trivia. So good. I, I unsurprisingly, am not comfortable speaking with strangers in a situation where I'm trapped typically. Yeah. But when somebody just kind of wants to share their journey with you. Yeah. Uh, and, and give you some comfort in their ability to get you from one place to another. I love yeah. it. I'm on board. Uh, uh, mine is I got my bike. I ordered an yeah. electric cargo bike, the Turn yeah. uh, Turn S8i. Um, H, I think I, it's, I get the different models confused, but it's 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 a nice bike. Yeah, and uh, um, I've I've uh, successfully gotten our child to school on it a couple times now, and whenever I run past other parents who are also biking their kids to school, there's like a cool little. Do you do a little nod? A little nod. And also we biked past one of Henry's classmates who was walking and uh, he's like, hi, Henry M. And Henry (laughs) said, my dad's bike's got a jet engine on it. (laughs) Um, And it it doesn't. And what was really funny is that we were going up a pretty steep hill and moving at about the speed of smell. So you very slowly passed him. Very, very slowly passed him on my son in the back, almost mocking me. Look at this jet. (laughs) I go first this week. Okay, please do. You know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Last night, uh, Lynn was kind enough to take us and uh, and some buds to the uh, Kennedy Center production of Guys and Dolls. And it was off of the chains. It was so far removed from the chains that the <laughs> chains had become sort of an abstract memory. I, um, listeners of the show will know that Griffin has an extensive uh, connection to uh, musical theater. I do not. No. At all. No. Not through any real choice of my own. I just didn't grow up with a father that was 
in productions regularly. No. <laughs> or ever. Uh, so. Yeah. Your, your, your dad, he would grace Occasionally. This. He would tickle those boards uh, every but, once But, you know, he was in, in the chorus. Right. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I had never seen Guys and Dolls before. And um, what a fucking way to see right? Guys and Dolls. This now, cast, y'all. I can never see it again. Out of sight. Philip Sue. Uh, Stephen Pascal, James Iglehart, Kevin Chamberlain, the the OG Horton from Susical the Musical, yeah. really brought things very so full circle for me. At what me point last did time. you realize? Like as soon you... as he started singing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Rachel Dratch was in it as yeah. Big Julie. Outrageous! Like so fucking funny, so fun, best ever. Uh, if you if you've never seen the show like Rachel before last night, yeah, it is just this bonkers upbeat musical about gamblers who are also shitty boyfriends and every song in the musical <laughs> goes so hard like yeah. there is not a there's not a throwaway number in the in the whole thing it reminded me a little bit and this is again my limited um glossary that i'm working with but uh anything goes yeah, for you sure. You know, kind of a similar, like, fun... Was that a Frank Lesser? Jo- I do I not know, know why was... I am asking you. Yeah, it is like a similar fun time energy where everybody on stage is having an incredible time and you are really enjoying watching them. Uh, no, that was uh, Guy Bolton and P.G. Wodehouse. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Guys and Dolls has, like, a few intertwining plots all happening around this one floating craps game. Uh, but toward the end of the second act, you get the climax of the show. All of the the gamblers who you get to know in 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 this musical have been dragooned into going to a city mission prayer meeting uh, because they lost a bet to Sky Masterson, who's one of the two sort of big uh, leads of the of show. I guess one of the four big leads of the show. And this, the musical is taking place in like... 19, you know... New York. 40s New York, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, the the gamblers are all here and uh, they're, they're at the city mission and the missionaries are trying to get them to confess their sins and none of the gamblers like really know what they're doing and this scene is kind of like uh you know it is it is not necessarily this like in incredibly like plot heavy sort of moment uh no it feels a little bit like a like a like an improv sketch almost like a just kind of they kind of plop in uh at, at the at the end of the show uh and it's very long. It's a very long scene. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the leads are not even in it. Like, Sky Masterson dips in. It's like, here's the dudes. Bye. Yeah. And then he's not in the scene anymore. Uh, I don't think Adelaide's in the scene at all. So, like, it is a weird... There's a concept in musical theater called the 11 o'clock number. And it is typically uh, toward the end of the second act. And it is kind of where the one of the protagonists has a realization that helps them... Complete like an epiphany that helps them complete their hero's journey, right? Uh, and there's so many examples uh, of it throughout musical theater. In Guys and Dolls, that number is called Sit Down, Your Rock in the Boat. And it is not performed by one of the leads. It is performed by a character named Nicely Nicely Johnson, uh, who's played by Kevin Chamberlain, the OG Horton. And he is not a lead character, really. He is not, he is a, uh, he's a in secondary, it a lot. he's in it a lot, but he is like a secondary comic relief, yeah. sort of, uh, almost like Greek chorus, uh, character who is just very unassuming, goofy dude. And they pressure him to stand up in front of the city mission prayer meeting and 
sing a song. And this song is like, again, not, not, no lead characters like, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. I love her and I must chase her. It's not that. It's, I had this fucking wild dream uh, about gambling uh, on a boat to heaven and everybody gets into it. And I feel like, Frank Lesser, who 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 wrote the musical, must have just like written this song. And be like, well, okay, this doesn't tie up any threads, <laughs> and it doesn't. There's no like moment of uh, gigantic fulfillment yeah, that happens nothing here. Nothing is building to this. Nothing is building to this. <laughs> nice and nice. Johnson doesn't have this arc that culminates in his <laughs> no. like salvation. He is this a very unassuming character who then stands up and fucking destroys yeah. <laughs> with the best number in the show. It is the show-stopping number, and it is such an unusual choice for that. I'm so glad that I got to see it because Griffin had for a long time told me about like the virtues of this song, and I I mean, it, it's a great song. Like I couldn't object to that, but I didn't feel the power of it until, until you I see saw, a whole yeah. like, chorus of people like getting into it. Yeah. So I, I want to play a little bit from the 1992 revival of Guys and Dolls, which is the version I grew up with. We got Nathan Lane in the mix. We got J.K. Simmons oh, in the mix. Uh, he's one of the Greek chorus guys. Uh, Peter fucking Gallagher as Sky Masterson. <laughs> uh, so uh, Walter Bobby plays Nicely Nicely Johnson, who sings uh, here. So here's a little bit of Sit Down, You're Rocking the Boat, if you've never heard it before. I dreamed last night I got on the boat to heaven. And by some chance I had brought my dice along. And there I stood, and I hollered, someone save me. But the passengers, they knew right from wrong. For the people all said, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. People all said, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. It's just perfect. It's chaotic, and it's fun. And the ending of Guys and Dolls is, like, kind of weird and abrupt. Uh, Immediately after this, uh, Adelaide and Sarah, the two sort of female leads for the show, get up and sing a song called Marry the Man Today, uh, which is kind of like their moment of epiphany. Yeah. Uh, and then it, you like cut to a reprise of uh, the the like guys and dolls like number, uh, only doing it for some doll. Uh, and then the show's over. Yeah. <laughs> I always, I have always felt that way about musicals, honestly. Like they always end in a way that feels abrupt to me. Yes. Uh, and I, I don't know if that's like the, the nature of the beast. Like you have to kind of shut it down at some point. And right. It's always going to feel abrupt. Uh, or if, if I just happen to have seen a lot of them that end that way. Right. <laughs> I just, I, I, this song rules objectively. Divorced from, the narrative or like its place in the rest of guys and dolls. Like it's a great song. It is a very, very fun song, like in, in every way. But then in the show, it's so, I can't stop thinking about it after seeing it last night because like Sky Masterson isn't even there. It is not a vital song. It is not. If you removed the song from the musical, then the, the narrative of the musical would still would still arguably yeah, work, true. right? Yeah. So despite the fact that it is just sort of this uh, this this secondary comic relief character who stands up and has this moment of absolute brilliance, which I adore in yeah, any form uh-huh. of, of fiction whatsoever, uh, it is instead, it's like a thematic 11 o'clock number where it's like, yeah, all these gamblers are shitheads. 
they are garbage people. And here they are singing about like how they are, they have had this moment of, of yeah. uh, like holy redemption in a, in a dream universe. Like right it, before it started. And I didn't know it was coming at this point. Uh, Griffin looked over at me excitedly and I was like, why it's, Oh, it's about oh, to happen. It's about to <laughs> pop off. Um, it, it, Guys and Dolls is such a it's such a like it's such a fun like musical. It, it, it is breezy and light, and the music is so good. Yeah. And after they finish the song, uh, in most productions that I have uh, seen, uh, they finish the song, and it's just this big "You're rocking the boat," and then everybody like loses their mind, like stand up, standing ovation, and then immediately after they just do the end of the song again immediately after it's not a reprise it's not it's like a weird like postscript like coda thing and then people are like yeah i'll clap again for that i i am i'm obsessed with this song uh i love it when unassuming characters do big things and like nicely nicely johnson is the blueprint for that also my dad destroyed this shit when huntington out there theater put it on imagine. in the late 90s uh it's almost like frank lesser sort of like saw through a time portal and like saw <laughs> my dad and was like, "Oh wow, I gotta really give this dude." I wish I bet I bet on. that's on tape somewhere. No, it's way. gotta be on tape. Somewhere. Yeah, I would love to see that. I would, I would absolutely love to see that. Anyway, best, best song, best, best song in the show. Oh, I don't know if I go. Oh, really? I like. I really love the song that the grandpa sings to his daughter. Oh yeah. Uh so like beautiful. It is very. Barry being a licorice tooth. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it doesn't go hard. I need it to go hard. It's a great song. It's pretty. That's true. Right. Yeah. I need it to go. I guess, real yeah. Hard. It's not it's not a banger. You gotta hear Peter Gallagher bust out. They call you Lady Luck. Like <laughs> I can't well, I can't imagine. You can't imagine yeah, it. You thing. watch the OC, you know. Yeah. Uh anyway, that's sit down your rock in the boat. Uh, I will say, as a fun sidebar, Don Henley did a <laughs> fucking god-awful, sort of fun-free, loosely reggae-inspired cover <laughs> of the song that moves at about eight beats per minute uh, that I saw in a karaoke book once. And I was like, fuck yeah, they got to sit down, you're rocking the boat. And I got up on the microphone and just heard like, boom, ting, ting, ching, ting, ting. I was like, there's bitterness. <laughs> Get me off the stage. I can't. Anyway, can I steal you away? Yes. Thank you. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. 
with I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Got a couple tumble boys here, and I would love to read the first one. It is for Laurel, and it is from Beth, who says, Hi, Angel. I just wanted to interrupt your piece to tell you that I love you. You make me happier than I ever knew possible, and I am so lucky that I get to be your person. Thank you for making me laugh and holding me when I cry, and most important, thank you for loving me. Oh, and happy birthday, or happy anniversary, maybe. Hopefully, I adore you. You should really figure out which one is the birthday and which one's the anniversary unless you got married on a on a birthday or started dating on a birthday yeah i love these little these little sweet nothings that we get it makes me feel like i'm a guest at their wedding you know it makes me feel like i'm a guest at the wedding i'm glad you're here or else i would feel like some sort of weirdo voyeur (laughs) you know what i mean like the fact that you're here and we get to share this sort of this remote proxy love oh, together uh-huh, uh-huh. makes me feel a lot more comfortable about you're not the peeping whole, the whole thing yeah i mean yeah, yeah. do you want to read the other one yes uh this is for future tay it is from past tay dear future tay i hope by now things are less buck wild if not embrace chaos but seriously i'm so proud of how far you've come with the voices of the mcelroys in your ears along the way Hope your 30th is as emo as you want in the eyeliner fallout boy kind of way. Keep chasing those small wonders and scritch the boys for me. Love five ever past day. Strong, powerful message. I really hope things have calmed down. I don't know about on a global scale, but maybe if you sort of like zoom in, things have gotten a, a bit more chill for Tay. But I also wonder if we will ever have a Jumbotron from a f- from the future <laughs> to the past. You Interesting. Know? I like that. Just a food for just I don't know what that would look like. Like don't don't eat that donut in uh November 2022. What 
you just that's in the future, hun. That's in the fu- that's oh. in the future. Oh, but also now I'm scared. Now I'm not eating any donuts <laughs> next month because of because of your November, prophecy. November, it's October. We're fine. Yeah, I know. I'm saying next month I can't have any donuts. Oh yeah, because yeah, of you your shouldn't. dire one. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. Okay, Griffin. Yes. You want to know what I'm talking about this week? I can wager a guess. See, oh, so here's the thing. You you see me holding this book of poetry, yeah. and you think it's a poetry corner. Oh, dang. Wait, what? It's more like a poetry hallway. <laughs> a poetry hallway? <laughs> Here we go. I'm building the house, guys. We're walking out of the corner and down the hall. Uh, because this week, I am talking about uh, translation. Okay. Yes. Okay, so this is like... A pathway we are walking between corners. I will I will read part of a poem from a poet, but this is not a segment about said poet. So don't even think about vibing with it at home like you do with Rachel's Poetry Corner. <laughs> you save that for the next Rachel's Poetry Corner because we'll know if you vibe with it. I will also say I do not need a theme song for the Poetry Hallway. Uh, so don't don't stress about that. Okay. We're in the hallway <laughs> to poems. It's pretty high energy. As, as you know, I don't really bring that kind of hype typically to my segments. Okay. Um, so I feel like now anything I do is going to be down from there. Sure. I can do more of it if you want. Inspired by ACDC's Highway to Hell if you want. I can do it <laughs> no, if you want. I, okay. I know you can. I have no doubt. Uh, okay. So translation. Um this is such a name droppy episode, but I know we were t- <laughs> we were talking to Lynn last night and he was talking about Hamilton in Germany. And he was talking about how he had oversight over the translation uh, and that they would send him, you know, obviously he's not fluent in German, but they would send him kind of side by side. Yeah. Here's what it is in German. Here's the translation. Here's the original text. Uh, rips so hard in German. I don't know if you saw any. No, of the I haven't listened oh, to man. it. Oh, man, it it. It slaps. It's good. Uh, but that made me think about translation. I, I made the mistake in graduate school of signing up for this like French poetry seminar. Uh, and it, it was a real peer pressure situation. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it is. Some of your friends start translating French poetry and then they're like, hey, you want to try this? You want to try this shit, Rachel? <laughs> I took French in high school. And then... Uh, before I uh, maybe seven years pass, 
and I only took like four years of French. Which the foreign language centers in your brain really like ferment and... I never got past the like, this is how you say this noun, this is the day of the week, this is how you count. Like I never got into That's real... most poems though, right? <laughs> so we had to like identify a poet and read their work in the original French and then talk about it. And it had to be kind of an understudied piece of work. I mean, it was, I was over my head. It was very embarrassing. Uh, and that's when I really realized like how impossible translation is. Yeah. Yeah, man. Specifically poetry for a lot of reasons. I mean, you're dealing with what can often be like a very uh, strict structure, like, you know, a sonnet or a haiku where there has to be a set number of syllables per line. Yeah. Uh, there's also a lot of metaphor, you know, like multiple meanings and expressions and, and, and then there's a lot of interpretation and, you know, the length and I mean, it's just, it's impossible. Uh, and so I, I kind of looked into it a little bit, uh, and I'm, i again, I don't have a lot of expertise in this area, uh, but obviously it was incredibly important because if you think about it with most artists, they are inspired by the work of other artists. And particularly with translation, you wouldn't have the opportunity to be inspired by some like seminal works if you hadn't. If you can't understand. Yeah, yeah. if you hadn't seen the translation. Um, a lot of this started in the, you know, early translating Latin uh, and inf that influence on Italian and French poetry. Uh, in the 19th and 20th century, this is where you start to see um, like Baudelaire and Mallarmé, uh, Eliot, T.S. Eliot was translating a lot of their poetry. Uh, Ezra Pound was translating a lot of Chinese and Japanese poetry. Uh, and then uh, Robert Bly, W.S. Merwin, these are all like famous poets. Like yeah. these are not translators first and foremost. These are poets. Uh, that we're looking like across, you know, Europe. Uh, and you see a lot of like Spanish poems and and poets and, and Rilke, who I've talked about from uh, Germany. Yeah. Uh, all of it, like tremendously influential. Uh, and so I wanted to just use Google Translate. Oh, no. And compare it to, like, the translation that was printed in a book. That's interesting. This is, this is a fun game. Um, but I didn't want to do a whole poem because I, I wanted, you know, to kind of dig into one. So uh, I picked Neruda. Yeah. Pablo Neruda, which is what Griffin saw me walk in with. And he's like, oh, are you talking about Pablo Neruda? And I was like, ha no. Tricked you. Rachel does this thing sometimes where <laughs> she runs really fast with both of her arms behind her back and she calls it a Naruto run. And I'm, I don't think she knows. Um, I don't think she, I, I haven't had, I haven't like had the courage to correct. To I would correct like to say that that is a joke. A small percentage of our listeners will get. Oh no, but... actually I, I've engineered. No, no, no baby. <laughs> I've been engineering that joke for <laughs> four years, uh, <laughs> knowing that it would tactically strike basically every one of our listeners. Okay. Can I? Yes, please. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to read it in Spanish. I'm just because I, I can't speak Spanish. Um, but I'm going to read the Google translation and the actual published translation and just part of this poem uh, that in English is called Girl Gardening. Okay. Uh, I'm not reading the whole poem. Um, do you have a preference or a suggestion as to whether I read Google Translate or the published poem first? Uh. 
I would say the published poem first okay. and then That's Google a good idea. Translate. Okay, let me figure out where to start. Who translated uh, Pablo Neruda for this? For this uh, so section? this is Ben Bellet. Uh, it's an edition. Actually, it was interesting when I was reading about translation and I was like, t- like troubleshooting and, and curious about kind of what the issues were. This edition that I have actually just omits pieces of poems. So there, there is a poem huh. um, that I was looking at. I was reading this article in The Guardian and somebody wrote about this translation and talked about how there's a particular poem that they were all reading in a group, like him and some other people. And there was a whole uh, canto eliminated from the poem in this edition. It's the Heights of Machu Picchu. It's like a 12-poem sequence. Hell yeah. Uh, and they just like left out like almost half of it um, in this edition. And so there's like a real like because they were sitting all together reading different editions and it was like, oh, I only have half that poem. Uh-huh. <laughs> so clearly like this may not be the best edition to read from. Um, but I think it's, it's got to still... be better than Google Translate, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think this is this is the power of Naruto. Like Google Translate is still gorgeous. Yeah. OK. OK. So girl gardening. And this is not the whole poem. And this is the. This is I'm reading ben it Bennett. from. Okay, yeah, ben I'm Bella reading version. it from okay. the published translation. And, and another, just one more piece. Pablo Neruda writes like the sexiest, horniest poems horny, ever. Horny, horny on me, <laughs> nonstop, 24-7, Boner City. <laughs> yes, I knew that your hands were a blossoming clove and the silvery lily, your notable way with a furrow and the flowery marl. But when I saw you delve deeper, dig under to uncouple the cobble and limber the roots, I knew in a moment, little husbandman, your heartbeats were earthen no less than your hands. That there you were shaping a thing that was always your own, touching the drench of those doorways through which whirl the seeds. Okay. Whew. So so that's just, that's part of the poem. I'm getting sweaty over here. <laughs> Google Translate. Uh, in, in the Spanish version, the title is directly Ode to the Gardener. Which, okay. because there's no masculine and feminine in English, at least in huh. the traditional yeah, way, sure. they had to call it girl gardening in the book just to be like, hey, this, yeah, this okay. lady. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is about a lady. Um, okay. So here is the Google Translate version. Yes, I knew that your hands were the flowery wallflower, the silver lily. You had something to do with the soil, with the flowering of the earth. But when I saw you dig, dig, remove pebbles and handle roots, I suddenly knew, my farmer, that not only your hands but your heart were from the land, that you were doing your own things, knocking on damp doors where seeds circulate. (laughs) I almost like that one better. I almost like that one much better. (laughs) I really like that. Knocking on damp doors where, where seeds, seeds circulate. circulate, whereas this one says touching the drench of those doorways through which whirl the seeds. I mean, that's that's evocative and powerful. And as maybe well. this speaks to the power of Google Translate. Like maybe like you can put anything in <laughs> no, there. No, I mean, you can't for the many reasons you outlined, you can't just plug uh, rhyme and meter into a computer and then the computer. Although, I don't know, man. Fucking AI art is like getting so bonkers out there. 
And I mean, I guess a lot of that is 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 it pulling from different deep clouds of uh, of art data that exists. At, man, I don't know. I'm out of my depth in a couple of different fields <laughs> talking about this right now. But that was shocking to me. Yeah, no, I, I I really i I broke my own rule and vibed with that on a big in a big big <laughs> way. Google Translate. Um, I was reading like a an NPR story from 2018 uh, where they spoke with a an award winning literary translator, uh, Aaron Coleman, who talks about translation and just gives some examples. Um, and he translates a work by Catherine Hulsoff, uh, and he notes specifically, like in the poem he's translating in Spanish, tiempo means both time and weather. And then Coleman said, we don't have that opportunity for metaphor in English. So I did days instead of time in order to get a weather and also the passage of time. Like, that's just like yeah, a sure. little example of like. But do you know what this reminds me of is uh, art restoration, right? Like, yeah. obviously, it's like a different thing. But we, we used to watch those uh, Baumgartner art restoration videos in which he would sort of emphatically talk about uh, the restore and obviously like art restoration and, and translation are two different fields entirely but uh he would talk about how like it is not his place to change the the, the original sort of vision of of the painting yeah uh and that is so fascinating to me because if you are translating a poem and you have to adjust metaphor or rhyme or meter or change change the words just so like it yeah. still sounds good like you cannot help but kind of get a hand on the ball in a way it, that's yeah. really and i'm not saying that there that it is without virtue because of that because obviously it's it's essential work but then when a computer is doing that are you all of a sudden dealing with a completely unbiased sort of uh voice right that's not like Ooh, I I bet I the translator knows what it's gonna. This is gonna sound way way better. Like, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, right? Because everybody looks at or reads a like a piece of art or listens to differently. Like right. that is part of your experience of it is you are bringing different interpretation. But with translation, you are kind of guiding the hand a little bit a little, because yeah. you are making choices potentially against or in opposition to what the poet's intent And obviously was. like it is a question of the I'm the good translators I imagine do not uh take the ball and run with it as yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is it, really fa- this is yeah. really fascinating. It's it's to me I imagine it's incredibly rewarding and like an enjoyable exercise to do, but I would be so frozen, just terrified, you know, and constantly second guessing of yeah. like, you know, is this the right direction? Am I losing something? Like, did I make a choice that is going to totally change the experience for the reader and not help them kind of get what the original intent was? I don't know. It. It is something that I I can't even imagine attempting, not just because I don't have the language proficiency, yeah, sure. but because like you have to you have to make decisions. Yeah. Like, like the very nature of it is you saying, like, this is what we're going with. Yeah. <laughs> uh and the second anybody came up to me and be like, you know, did you? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. So <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome. Thank, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the gift of this segment. I'll be thinking about this. 
for a while today. The poetry hallway. The poetry hallway. Uh, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have on MaximumFun.org. Uh, if you never listened, if you never <laughs> listened to Mission to Zix, uh, they, they just wrapped up the, the, the series uh, back in, I think, in last month in September. Very special show. Very funny and, and, and cool sci-fi yeah. sort of uh, space opera uh, that if you've never listened to, I, I encourage you to give it a shot today. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, there's a new arc of, of the Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone yes. that is led by one Justin McElroy. Justin McElroy is DMing Adventure Zone this season. It's called Steeplechase. It takes place in a sort of uh, uh, D- Disney World-inspired, super corporate yes. place. And we are thieves in it and we do crime and we play blades in the dark and it's so fucking fun yeah uh and i bet you're gonna love it i think you should go listen to it there's a couple episodes up i think by the time you're listening to this but that's it we're done we're done with it yeah we're done with it we finished it we did it we didn't know if we were gonna do it but we did it now get out of here now you get the (laughs) hell out of here i don't really don't even want to pretend I know. What if we ended? What if we ended every episode with that? <laughs> yeah. What if our whole thing was like we talk about things that are nice, things that are good, things we're into? But get get the hell out of my <laughs> office! But we cry also while we do it because we know yeah. that like we're pushing them away. Yeah, but like in order to grow, they have to they leave. Have to leave. <laughs> I like this. Get the hell out of here. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.